choir and our worship team. It's powerful. It's so powerful. Let's pray. Oh, mighty King, we praise your resurrection this morning. On Friday, we mourn your death, but not today. Today, we praise you. We worship you. We laud you. We magnify you, oh, mighty King. And we say that you are the resurrected King Jesus. And we come here to honor you. We come here to thank you. We come here in awe of your power. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to start this morning with a passage. In Revelations 1, our King Jesus says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. That's our King Jesus this morning. Amen, church? That's who we're praising. That's who we're worshiping. You know, my name is Jordan Massey. If this is your first time here, I'm one of the evangelists. Uh, we got a packed house today. Happy Easter. Look at the person next to you say, Happy Resurrection Day. Some of you guys don't even got shoulder room, you know what I'm saying, over here. But uh, it's good to be together. We, we had 200 free chairs. We should have had 300. There you go. <laughs> but we're going to be going through 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, so you can go and flip your Bibles over there. And, and Easter, you know, I was, I was p- putting on my wardrobe for this morning. And you know what I did not have? I did not have a pastel colored shirt. <laughs> And I think it might be one of the like seven deadly sins to preach on Easter without a pastel shirt. <laughs> so my, my queen made a target run yesterday and I found pastel. You know what I'm saying? I found it, found it. But we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, the title of today's message is the resurrection. So what? And I hope rather this is your first time hearing about the resurrection and you actually are like, hey, what's the big deal? Or whether you've heard this so many times, I hope today, I was actually praying this morning for my own heart that I would be inspired. And I was praying about all of your hearts this morning, that we would all be moved and inspired and changed by the resurrection of Jesus. Have you heard this concept, old news? Have you heard this? Old news, like you're trying to tell somebody, hey, did you hear about that? And like, oh, that's just old news, man. Why are you still talking about that, bro? Y'all heard that? Okay, okay. And so there's these things, there's these moments in time, like especially there's some iconic movies and there's specific moments in movies that are like some of the greatest moments in movie history. We were talking about Yoda last week. Remember that? I might have got in trouble a little bit from that. But you remember this moment right here? Luke, I am your father. For, for the older generation, there was like no greater moment in movie history than that moment. Like you remember where you were, it blew your mind. Like the twist was crazy. Or how about this one for the modern generation? Remember this moment? The snap that changed everything, right? We thought we had won because we were all Avengers in that moment, right? We Thor had hit him with the axe. You know, Wanda had destroyed, you know, the Infinity Stone and Vision's head and, and yet rewind time and then Half of humanity wiped out. And man, those jokers at Marvel made us wait a whole year to figure out what was going to happen. I mean, that moment, but then you go back and you watch Star Wars again. Go back and watch Infinity War again. It's still a good movie, 
but it's lost some of its flair. It doesn't move my heart. It becomes old news, that twist. I know it's coming. It kind of, it's lost a part. It's become old news in my heart. This morning, we're talking about the good news. We're talking about the good news of Jesus. And if this is your first time hearing about the good news of Jesus, welcome to the greatest news that ever hit planet Earth. And if this, it, but if this is something you've heard a thousand times, I pray that it never becomes old news to you. In 1 Corinthians 15, we'll pick up in verse 3. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and then he even appeared to 500 other brothers and sisters. This is the good news. That there's a God, the greatest being in the universe, that's so powerful that he spoke and the cosmos came into being. And that God, for some crazy reason, wants to have an intimate relationship with us. The, the ultimate married above your head. And yet, for some reason... We, we, we blew him off. We, we turned our backs. We betrayed him. And we walked away from the greatest relationship we could ever have. And instead of breaking up with us, instead of punishing us for our sins, he decided to die himself for our sins. And he decided to take it on himself, the punishment of our sins. And he, he was dead. And we remembered that on Friday, didn't we? That death. The day that hope died. And it was a dark three days. You know, on Friday when I, when I came in here, uh, I, I brought my three-and-a-half-year-old son and my 10-month-old thinking, maybe they'll be quiet. <laughs> and then we walked in, and it was first 15 minutes, silence and solitude. I was like, nope. And then I turned around. We, we were the greeters, like, hey, what's up? Good luck. You know, and I went home. I listened to it. It was so powerful. And then I watched the passion of the Christ from my own heart so that I could connect and then three days later, the unthinkable happened. The dead rose. The man that was dead, breath came into his lungs and Jesus rose from the grave. Have you seen a dead body? I'll never forget seeing my grandfather in his casket, you know, his arm reach away. He was, he was one of my heroes in my life and he was dead. The thought of him coming out of that casket in that moment when I knew he was dead, when I knew that he was pale, that he hadn't had breath in his lungs for a week at that point. The thought of the dead coming to life is insane. It's unthinkable. It's crazy. Yet Jesus, through the power of God, rose from the dead. Amen, church? He rose from the dead. It is such good news. And that's why we believe what we believe. Why do we, why do we trust what Jesus said? Well, it's because he rose from the dead. You know, for me, uh, um, there was a big period of my life where I either didn't believe in God or I just thought it doesn't matter if he's real or not, you can't tell. And you know what brought me to faith to actually go from atheist to Christian? It was the resurrection. I, my whole faith is built off of Jesus rose from the dead. And that's why I believe the Bible. That's why I believe Jesus. That's why I live for him. Because a man 2,000 years ago rose from the dead. So I'm going to do whatever he says. <laughs> and why wouldn't I want a relationship with that guy? This is good news, my friends. Yet, if this good news 
has become old news to you, then something needs to change about you. Something doesn't need to change about this perfect news. That means there's something in you that needs to change. Because we believe that change didn't just stay there with the resurrection, but it comes to us. The resurrection didn't just change Jesus then, it changes us now. The power is still here with us today. And Paul continues to talk about this in 1 Corinthians 15. And and he talks about this power and he says it's actually so pivotal to what we believe that without the resurrection, our faith would be useless. Let's see what he says. In verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead... How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Toya's going to come up now, and uh, she's going to talk about her reflection as she thinks about this verse. Good morning. Um, Happy Resurrection Sunday. Uh, This is a passage that this time of year I often take some time to reflect on, and for good reason, obviously, right? And I remember the first time I did this, um, I was on my apartment floor, love that carpet, and I was reading, and I thought to myself, how would I feel if I found out today that Jesus was still dead? What would that mean to me? It presented a fork in the road. There's two options I came up with. One was... Oh, that's disappointing. It's definitely not what I was hoping. I guess that changes a couple of things, but I've got my job, my family, my friends. I guess I have less time, more time on my hands because why go to church? Why read my Bible? That gives me more opportunities to focus on house projects and my classes. And I'm disappointed, but meh, that doesn't really change much about my life. The other option only had two words. Oh, no. Oh, no. In verse 17 of this passage, it's kind of what drove my heart to that second option because it says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Oh, no. That's a terrible place to be because I know who I am in my sinful nature. I know what that felt like. And so I can't do anything to change that without Jesus. I can't repent enough. I can't be pure enough. I can't change my language enough. There's no going to church enough, reading enough, serving enough, fasting enough. There's nothing that's enough that I can do without Jesus. So all of that striving, that's, I would be stuck in that space. In my relationship with God, I would never accomplish what Jesus did. He's my only hope. In the message version of 1 Corinthians 15, it says, and if Christ weren't raised, then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark, as lost as ever. It's even worse for those who died hoping in Christ and resurrection because they're already in their graves. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sorry lot. 
And in that moment, for the first time, I pictured my, I'm very visual, I pictured myself, myself standing before God. He was devastated. And he was looking at me with tears in his eyes and he said, you're not forgiven. He was heartbroken over the status of our relationship. I was heartbroken over the status of our relationship. And there was nothing that we could do about it. It was the saddest thought that all hope had been lost if Jesus is still dead. But thank God, thank God, the scriptures keep going, right? <laughs> Christ has indeed been raised from the dead in the message, it says. But the truth is, is that Christ has been raised up. And that changes everything. It gives me the freedom to accept God's grace in my life. It gives me the opportunity to lean into my doubts and lean into my fears, kind of like Jesus did in the garden, right? Like if my faith is not perfect, I can still experience God the way Jesus did. It teaches me to forgive the way Jesus did on the cross. You know, when I walk through grief or sorrow, I can do that with Christ because the Bible says God, Jesus was a man of many sorrows. He knows the way through that. So for me, it changed the, when I say happy Easter, it really changed for me because it's a gracious gift not only to be able to say Happy Easter or Happy Resurrection Sunday, but it's really an invitation to live Happy Resurrection Sunday because in Christ, we get a chance at a new life. I'm a lucky man. If you think about this last week and you kind of run through what you did and what you thought about, if you took out the reality of the resurrection, would anything change? We can proclaim that we believe in this, but that doesn't mean we're letting it change us. You know, for me this last week, the, I am so naturally a selfish person in the household and with my boys and with my wife and my friends. I'm just so naturally selfish. The only reason the only reason that I fight my selfishness is because he has risen. It's the only reason. And yet there's some weeks where I act like that's not true. And there's some weeks I act like the resurrection has no power now. It's a decision I constantly have to make that there's still power that it has in my life today. So Paul's talking about this. And then he says, not only in our lives now, but the resurrection also changes our lives in eternity. So he continues with this. In, uh, in, in chapter 15 and verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, and I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. And he continues. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. I love that language. That's so cool. The mortal with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. We, we, we sang this earlier of Chase. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. That we have victory, amen, church? We have victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. 
oh, I love this. And he's saying, look, there's a reality that, man, this age is going to pass on. Don't just focus on the perishable. Focus on the imperishable. Don't just focus on the mortal time we have, but focus on immortality. You know, there's this illustration uh, that I, from Francis Chan that I love that I want to use. I don't know if you've seen it before, but uh, it involves a rope, all right? Michael Burns inspired me a few weeks back. Hopefully, we'll have more illustrations, all right? So this is a rope. Imagine this rope goes on forever, like it wraps around the earth a couple times. We didn't use the church budget to do that. Don't worry. It ends right there. All right, but imagine, imagine it goes on forever, all right? Now, I want you just to imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence, and it just goes, goes forever. And this little black piece right here is your time on earth. You see, we only just get a few short years here on earth, and then we'll spend the rest of all eternity someplace else. And Paul is saying that there's this, this is amazing truth that at this moment, at this shift, when we go from the mortal, that we actually have a chance to have immortality. That when this life and everything here burns, that there, we go from the perishable to the imperishable. And he says there's a truth that there is going to be a last trumpet. This moment for each of us, for the whole earth, will come in the flash of an eye, in the twinkle of an eye. This moment will come. And this will be the most important moment of your life. The moment when you see Jesus face to face. And that's going to be an incredible moment, isn't it? Guys, let us not be a church that focuses more on this than all this. Let us be a church that says, you know what? I'm not living for this. This is going to burn. I'm living for all this. Let's not be those people. And it's so difficult because everyone in our world just lives for this. Everyone in our world says, this is all that matters. Let's, and it's kind of, it baffles me sometimes. Like, I'm going to work really hard here. I'm going to save up really hard here. So I'm going to have the comfortable life I want right, right there. <laughs> what about all this? What about all these millions of years? And, and, and people may ask you as a follower of Jesus, man, why do you do that? Like, why are you so radical? Why would you give that up? Why are you living for this? It, that doesn't make any sense. And, and you might respond, the way you're living doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense in light of eternity what you're doing. Let's live for eternity. You guys remember high school reunions that we all ignored, right? I, I want to call a North River reunion a thousand years from now. Right about there, okay? Right about there, all right? I don't know, I don't know if the big guy will let us do this, but you know, we're... we're <laughs> But let's have a North River reunion. You will be someplace a thousand years from now. Let's have a reunion. Let's, let's meet up together and praise God for what he did in our little corner of the world. Because the Bible teaches what we do right here will determine where we spend the rest of our lives. So let's say as a church, no man left behind. No woman left behind. We will strive and we will love and we will care about each other to make sure we all will be there for the next 10 million years. Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't know if this is your, your first time coming to church in a while. Or if you've been digging through the scriptures with one of your friends. And, and going, you know what? I've had one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus for long enough. 
and I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to give it all up. I'm ready to have this resurrected life of Jesus. And maybe you're sitting there and you're going, you know, how do I, how do I get that? Like this sound, I want to be with Jesus for eternity. How do I get that resurrected life? Well, thanks for asking because it's actually the next slide. All right. We're, we're going to talk about this. How can we receive the resurrection? And have that eternal life of Jesus. You know, in Romans 6, Paul's talking and he talks about this. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore baptized, or we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. And check out this blue, this blue sentence right here. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, church, we will certainly also be united in a resurrection like his. It's the only place in the Bible where it says how you're united with the resurrection of Jesus. Other places it says you who have been united with Christ. Other places it kind of refers to, you know, the people that carry cross or the death of cross with them. It's the only place where it tells us how you unite with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And it's in the waters of baptism. You know, if this is your first time hearing this, let's, let's break it down. If you've been baptized before, it's so good to remember. Paul's actually already talking to people that have been baptized. Let's break it down, right? It's, it's this cool parallel between Jesus and us. Jesus died on a cross for our sins. And we, we say, you know what? No, I'm not going to live in sin any longer. I'm, I'm dying to my sin. I'm leaving my old life behind. I'm repenting. I'm going to turn from my sin. But it's not just not my efforts. You can't save yourself you got to unite with the death. And so the Bible teaches just as Jesus died and was buried, then we too in the waters of baptism, we die and are buried with Christ. It's like a spiritual portal back in time that unites us as we're in the waters of baptism, that unites us to the cross of Christ. It's this incredible truth. But what's even more incredible is not that just that we can die with him, but we can raise with him. And I love this verse. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, right? What rose Jesus from the dead? The glory of the Father. Is there anything more powerful in the universe than the glory of the Father? Nothing even stands a chance compared to the glory of the Father. I mean, you can think of like an atomic bomb, nothing. I mean, it barely, barely compares to the glory of the Father. A volcano, no, that's like a scrap. A supernova, well, no, that doesn't compare to the glory of the Father. And the glory, all that power, the most powerful being, the glory of all of that God has is made manifest. The window to that power was when he raised Jesus from the dead. But what does it say happens to us when we come out of the waters of baptism? It says, just as. Just as God raised, just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We too may live a new life. This is why we go nuts when people are baptized. Because all we see is someone's just wet. Like, hey, should have, you know, you should have worn better clothes, bro. Like, that's all we see. But spiritually, a miracle happens. If we could just put on like spiritual goggles, right? We would see the glory of the Father ascending upon and transforming and literally resurrecting your soul. The glory of the Father. 
It raises us up out of baptism in an absolutely amazing way. And, and, and if you're trying to figure this out yourself, you might go, well, but I don't, I don't know if I could really get rid of that sin. I don't know. Is the cross actually powerful enough to change me? It's a real question we've all asked, haven't we? Nothing is more powerful than the glory of the Father. Your sin is not more powerful than God's grace. God's grace can forgive you. The resurrection can change you. If, God's, if God could raise the dead alive, he can change you from your sins. I, uh, if you're the first time here, this might, you know, this might seem new. Others of us have heard this a lot. I was not always a Christian. I talked about how I was an atheist or how I didn't believe. Uh, I, was, I was extremely immoral. I was a drug dealer. I, my whole life revolved around parties and alcohol and girls. I only cared about me. I only cared about my, how much money I was making and what degree I was getting and what my status was based off of money. I, was complete, I, would, I would roll over anyone for me. And yet, Christ's power, the glory of the Father, changed me. And it changed me forever. No matter where you're at this morning, Christ can change you. No matter what you feel like you're stuck in, it is not more powerful than the resurrection of Jesus. He can rise you out of that sin so you don't have to live in that any longer. You don't have to be controlled by that anymore. You can change by the power of Jesus. Amen? If you haven't been baptized yet, if you ha or maybe you, you have, but maybe you were a kid and you didn't really realize what was going on, I encourage you to talk to the person that invited you out. Or come talk to me or one of our leaders. We'd love to teach you what this looks like biblically so that you can have a resurrected life of Jesus. And next week, actually, we have our New to North River class right after church. And so if you are new and you want to learn more about baptism, want to learn more about this new life, join us next Sunday right after church for New to North River. Because, guys, no man left behind. We're doing whatever we can so that everybody can be there in heaven together. Okay, as we go into communion right now, we're celebrating all of this. We, we, we're celebrating the bread and how that was the body of Christ that was slain for us. We're celebrating the blood of Jesus and how the forgiveness from that blood can forgive us of anything. And his grace is more powerful than any of our sins. And we're remembering what he did for us on the cross. But this morning, we're also remembering the resurrection. That Jesus is living forever and ever. And that Jesus does hold the keys to death in Hades. Let's pray for communion. Almighty God, we are in awe of the glory of the Father. And God, we remember what you did in Jesus right now. How he died. And how he raised to life. We remember that. And God, we, we proclaim your resurrection in our own lives, so let it change us also. And Father, we can't wait to spend all of eternity with you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.